Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So it's uh, all for play for still. I think so. Do you want to bet against us? And welcome to For the Love of Paul McGrath podcast. And no, you weren't taking some sort of psychedelic drugs. I have no idea why the intro was moving in and zooming in on Stephen Gerrard's face there. That wasn't anything by design. I have no idea how that happened. So we go looking at some settings here, there, and everywhere because I was looking at it and I was there. Jesus, it's it's moving. It's moving. The intro is moving. <laughs> <laughs> that I had too much coffee. I'm on my third cup of coffee. All right, but that's. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was uh, that was a bit freaky. Anyway, beside the point, uh, myself and Paddy are here. We're going to talk to you guys about a Brentford review, something that I'm not really looking forward to talking about because it wasn't, for me, it was a bit of an infuriating game. Uh, we're also going to talk about some things to do with loans and potentially some, you know, some some Twitter uh, chatter that's out there with regards to some incomings. But before we do that, one of our podcast partners, the Spond app, that's S-P-O-N-D. You can get it on iOS or Android, the Spond app. Um, if you guys are involved in any sort of team, any sort of organization, the Spond app will help you to organize your days, your weeks, your months, recurring um, events, etc. Literally anything you want to do with regards to organization of a team or a group, the Spond app will be able to help you to do that. It's free to download. It's downloadable, as I said, on the iOS platforms and Android platforms, something I use myself. Um, and one of the biggest things, one of the biggest positives that I've seen from it is that um, I am able to securely uh, taking payments from people for membership for, for a group. So, you know, it takes an awful lot of those uh, bits and pieces out of the management, the administration of a group or organization or team. Um, so give it a give it a look. It's uh, free to download, as I say, even if you download it and take a look at it and it isn't for you, well, then at least you've you've taken a look at it. But you never know what might, might revolutionize and streamline how you're running events or you are running teams as well. So that's the Spond app. They are a partner with the podcast here. And um, if you could check them out, we would be absolutely delighted. 
So that's a bit of housekeeping out of the way at the moment. Paddy, how are you feeling after the Brentford? Have you calmed down after the Brentford loss? Yeah, I actually don't think I have. No, I'm still. I'm still. I'm still very angry about it. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm, I know what angry is the word. I'm frustrated and annoyed. Um, you know, and I, 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 I every time I think about it, I just think of Stephen Gerrard's uh, talking afterwards and and how frustrated a figure he looked, and that that probably sums up how I feel about it. It just, just one of those days where. You know, we, we we were in total control, absolute total control. I thought up until there was a period of the first half where, uh, although I remember it, it, the crowd were just absolutely dead. You know, it was it was. I thought so too. It was just a real, you know, like everyone was hung over or something. It was just really really quiet. And then, um, about five or six minutes, I haven't got the figures in front of me, but about five or six minutes, it felt before they scored. Courtney House pinged one into her own side netting, if you remember. And it just seemed to wake everything up. He, he pinged one back to Edri, uh, to Emmy Martinez, who eventually was just kind of had to let it let it go out because it was it was about head height. Match, yeah. And and that kind of just got the crowd going and it got Brentford going. It just changed the whole flow of the game. You know, and I've caught I've totally I've totally uh bypassed the fact that we scored a, a great goal early on, but to me, that was the changing point in the game. Uh, we, we we were just totally bossing it until then, and uh, yeah, then then it happened. I I agree with it. I I look my overarching feeling about this game. We'll go into more um, micro kind of details with this, but my macro detail, macro feeling on this one really is that like there was a serious lack of leadership in the field. And it was worrying. It was really, really worrying there against Brentford because you take a, you take a lead like that. Look, teams are, teams are going to go to Brentford this year and they're going to find it really, really tough. Mm. We went there and for the first 16 minutes, for the first 41 minutes until Vissa scored an absolute goal on a nowhere, someone I called in the in the team sheet tantrum who, yes, I said Bumbuemo was out, but Vissa was a bit of a, a shithouse and, you know, that he always he comes up with stuff when you least expect him to do it. And he doesn't look like the most gainly kind of player at all, but he just... Gets stuff done, even though he's the most pretty person, pretty pretty player. Sorry, he's a very pretty person, very um, pretty player <laughs> to look at. Uh, you know uh, when he's playing at the ball, but for the first forty-one minutes, we were completely in control. And you, when you've a leader in the field, when you've a leader at different junctures within that field, and potentially an Ashley Young would have done this, missing an Ashley Young, missing a Tyrone Mings. You know, people, we were passing the ball for the sake of passing the ball at times in the first half, and we were getting away with it, and it was easy, and we were passing it around in simple situations and simple yeah. areas. But we were, we weren't, we weren't playing smart. We are playing some nice football, and we, like, we were well on top. The commentators were saying, God, like, Brentford haven't showed up at all. And the next yeah. thing, they score, and then we go to pot because our leadership wasn't there to show us how to, how to see out the game and how to manage the game. There was no game management mm -hmm. from minute 16 after we scored up until minute 42 when they scored. There was no game management there. And then we couldn't get through the gears again after they scored, and we came out as flat as a pancake in the second half. And, mm -hmm. you know, we basically, we, we, we didn't have that... Um, we didn't have that impetus in the field. And I think that's what, I think Stephen Gerrard, he, he mentioned a couple of things in, in, in I, I don't know them verbatim, so I'm not going to quote them, but I think that's what galled him the most. There was a bit of a rollover and take it mm. uh, element to it when we had no business being one all going in at half time, yeah. none whatsoever. Uh, so that for um, me is the, is, is the, is the key point. And 
and look, you can talk about talent all you want with players, but Stephen Gerrard's going to want to get in there. I, I think he's going to want to go in there and get a, like, like you look at Ted Lasso. I know what, what's he doing talking about Ted Lasso. You know, I always, <laughs> sorry if, if, if people are, are, are annoyed about that, but you know, you need to have somebody like Rory Kent in there. That's just going to tell people, listen, cop the fuck on. And, <laughs> Maybe that's what we need. Maybe that's what we need. I'm not saying that we just get into Vinnie Jones to kick people up in the air, but a leader, a leader, preferably somebody yeah. who's able to play football as well. And look, I, I know uh, I'll go into it in a minute. I'm not I'm not going to dig out John McGinn. And the reason I'm not going to dig him out is oh. the guy obviously had COVID over Christmas yeah. or close contact, so I didn't have full training session. But for me, he went out and he was very passive. And the reason he was very passive, he was on four yellow cards. And I just thought he wasn't his usual self for that reason. And he wasn't putting in challenges. He was just standing people up. He wasn't his usual in-your-face kind of, uh, you know, closing people down as he normally does. So that annoyed me from the start that he, he was out there um, with the intention of not picking up a yellow card. And then, lo and behold, 89 minutes picks up a yellow card. They were the Boy. two most stupid yellow cards I think I've seen in a long, long time as well from our players. And sorry, mm. stupid is the wrong word. I think they were just they were naive yellow cards, both of them, and I didn't expect them. Well, stupid is the wrong word. For the life of me, I don't know what John McGinn done other than tell someone to get out of his way to try and take a quick free kick by the sounds of it, because we didn't, uh, we obviously didn't need a replay to show us what happened because guy couldn't be our showing us, and the camera was elsewhere when when it actually happened. People at the match weren't sure. I, I spoke to a few people. They didn't know exactly what happened, but that's what they assumed happened, that he was pushing someone out of the way to try and take a free, a quick free in the 89th minute, and we end up, we're going to lose him now for a game against Man U. But for me, if that's if that's how he was going out to play, if I was the manager, I'd have taken him off and put Morgan Sanson on early on. And I think I, think I said that to you very early on in, in the game. I messaged mm-hmm. you to say that, that that would have been my change. Because he just he just wasn't himself, and you know we can put that down to fitness, we can put it down to COVID, whatever it is. John McGinn is still probably my favourite player on the team, but you know if he has a bad day, we can call him out. The same can be said for Courtney House, who you know were his biggest fan. He was, he was he rusty. Was, he was very very rust, rusty. Rusty is kind, Paddy. Rusty is kind, and this is mm. coming from the the bus conductor here in the Courtney House wagon, as you know. Uh, rusty yeah. is kind, um, but. Uh, just before we get on to Courtney House, and, and, and we're not digging people out, I suppose. Look, it's just there's there's reasons why things happen in games, like you know, and that's what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, don't want anyone sold. Like put it this way, we're not talking. We're not saying sell these people. That's stupid. These people have had a shit game. Or not a shit game. That's wrong word again. I'm still a bit angry about it. Sorry, still yeah. a bit angry about it. these well, people. They, 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 they the ability that we expect them to. Yeah, I think that's probably the best way to say. It. So you know, I don't want to get caught up in hyperbole about. You know, and stuff like that. There's enough of that goes on in the world. I just want to call it as I see it as well. But mm. the um, just on John McGinn, and I'm going to really ask a question here now that will will uh, that there's probably no answer to. Is would it potentially have been a case that the armband didn't suit him, as in being captain? Uh, on on that particular day, I I tend to agree with you. Um, in in my view, he probably shouldn't have started. If if he if he was coming off the back of a week where he couldn't train, um, we don't know whether he had COVID or close contact, whatever it was, um, he wasn't involved on ooh, Chelsea, was it? Chelsea the game before? 
Yeah, so we we know that there was something amiss, be that an injury or 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 uh, or COVID. So to me, he didn't look a full tilt. Uh, Morgan Sanson should have been in there, and possibly Ezri Konza should have been captain. That would have been what I would have done. Um, would I take the vice captaincy off him because of that? Absolutely not. Um, no he, he's 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 obviously a very highly thought of player and character within the dressing room. And, and, you know, we've heard Stephen Gerrard talk about him in the past. I can't imagine Stephen Gerrard was too happy with his performance. But uh, to me, it seemed like he would doubt not to get a yellow card and then mess that up with 30 seconds on the clock or whatever was left at that stage. So that that's another frustration, um, you it, know. And, and that... Yeah, and and... I think John McGinn's performance as well. I, I was just asking the question because, look, he was. I saw some stat out there. We've, he's been captain for two games. We've lost both games. It's too small a sample set. Well, I'm just. I'm you just, know, I was just putting it out there the because question, the question you've got to ask there is: is it's not John McGinn? Is it? Is it? You know, and we we do, we do call him out when he had a bad game too, but Tyrone Mings was the missing link. And he's the organization yeah, so man. He's he's the he's the he's the conductor, as we say, of the orchestra. So you know, as 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 we call him out on his mistakes, we should also say that he was missed at the weekend because he was. He he he's an immense character. Um, he's a leader. He's a talker. He made his mistake against Chelsea. We called him out on that. That's absolutely fine. We're not saying he's a bad player. He has mistakes in him. So be it. But he more than makes up for those mistakes in what he gives us on the pitch. Yeah, um, that that's what I was kind of getting at is for whatever frailties he has, and we called him out for maybe trying to, he was probably talking to Target too much when the cross came in for Lukaku, and he mm. just wasn't he wasn't ready for it. Um, his vocal, vo- the fact he talks an awful lot on the field is, uh, you know, do we miss that? And look, once again, one of the first things people would say when they were at games, when, um, when we were watching games and 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 so on is our people who like the likes of Ashley Priest, people who were there reporting games would say, Wow, you could hear his booming voice all around the park when there was no fans there. Maybe we yeah. missed that. I don't know. I'm just spitballing. It's something I've said for a while is the team needs leaders. I thought the team and when I'm saying by leaders, I don't mean we need to bring in a new captain. That's not what I mean. A, a, a captain on the field can be completely different to somebody who just corrals players or throws in a, 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 a you know a boomer of a tackle or you know just leads by example out there in the middle of the field or has the experience to tell people hey listen hey calm down calm it down like go over to Jacob Ramsey and say Jacob stupid foul no need to be doing that listen get this side of him do this do that we're going to contain here in the middle because the whole lot of the midfield was poor that was the poorest poorest performance from our from our collective midfield that I can remember mm. uh, in a long time. Probably going back to Jeepers, I wouldn't even say going back to the year that we nearly went down. Um, that was as bad a performance from midfield, and it was it was literally that they were completely two different outfits from from. But there were two different outfits, and even the way that they set up, and this is worrying because same thing happened against Chelsea too. Chelsea made some changes. Our midfield were completely bypassed, couldn't get into it. Brentford mm. didn't even really make changes. The only change they made was that Sergi Canas had to go off and they brought on Goddess, who's more of a, even more of a forward player than Canas. I think it was Canas had to go off and they brought on um, your man. And then Beck went off and they brought on Shandon Baptiste, who 
you know, like greatest will in the world. And I'm not a professional footballer. And God willing, I would love to be, but I'm not. And 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 Beck mm. is a professional footballer, and so is Shannon Baptiste. But like neither of the two of those names are going to get into uh, going to get into any player player of no. the of the season conversations. But they came on and and they made little tweaks. And I don't even know what those tweaks were. But we we just we we didn't react in midfield, and that's really worrying. And we've there's an argument to be made to say that we haven't reacted in midfield against changes since Nakamba has been out of the team. And while I love Douglas Louise and I really do, we were even talking about him playing further forward and bringing in that, that defensive midfielder, you know, he's coming for some criticism after this game and the fact that mm-hmm. when we didn't have that, that cornerstone in the middle of midfield, the other two lads were at a hiding to nothing. And I don't fully agree with that because I think McGinn was having a poor game from the off. Um, but it's something that needs to be looked at for sure. Midfield, we're back to talking about midfield again, like we were portions of last season. I, I'm, I'm not so sure. Midfield. I'm not so sure that the midfield was entirely the problem. The the way I saw it, uh, Brentford kind of sat early on, um, and then when when they did try and do something, we caught them and we scored, and then they sat again. So you know they had that. They had that more or less bank of five when they had, when they didn't have the ball and it was very very hard there was w- one stage in the first half where I think it was target and maybe Douglas Louise played five or six passes amongst each other just one touch passes and that was that was kind of an indication to me is like these guys have no intention of coming to take the ball off us you know they, they and and that was <laughs> you know you you see it as a coach like that's that's nearly a sign to, to tell someone you know there's an issue here. We're not getting through, or whatever. Yeah. Um, and they're boosting up their stats of completed passes, but it's it's a it was a strange old game. It just like your man Norgard. I think he's a brilliant player. Oh, um, I him. haven't seen too much of him. Even though he got rolled for Bundia, but for the goal, but yeah, but Bundia he would rolled everybody. That, that was the league. first time he came out of his comfort zone of, of of actually holding everybody in place, and it was the first time he had ten yards either side of him. So it was it was just you know when he got rolled there was nowhere there was nobody there to, to to sort him out but he was sorting everybody else out once once they were protruded at any at any time during the game uh, with the exception of the goal obviously but um you know it's it, it's it's frustrating I'm not I, I, the one the one person who started the game who really annoyed me throughout was was Bertrand Traore yep. I I just I just couldn't see him offering anything uh, I I don't know why. I don't know why that decision was made when we have fit players on the bench to bring him back in there just before he goes to the African Cup of Nations. I don't know why Trezeguet was brought on. Same reason. Let them go off and do a little mini pre-season at the African Cup of Nations and come back to us firing. Uh, to me, they weren't firing at the weekend and I thought it was a strange decision to put him in there. So I, w- I would be more annoyed at what happened further on up with, with Traore. I thought Danny Ings was fine. I thought Buendia... Work the socks off as usual, and um, with very little, you know, very little look and very little help from Traore. And uh, I'm not sure cutting inside like that, that tight uh, ten roll is going to suit Traore in the long run. And um, I think he prefers to to play out with chalk on his heels and turn fellas inside out out in the wing. So that that's going to be an interesting thing to see what happens when he comes back from the Africa African Cup of Nations. So there's a lot, there's a lot to discuss. Um, for January, because there's there's so much going on in the team, um, I, I I do believe he will strengthen, and I think it might surprise us how many players he brings in, but it also might surprise us that he sends players out. I I, I think that's 
first and foremost in his mind now is, is who goes out yeah. and then he'll start considering the replacements. Let's park Brentford there because I know we, we could talk about their goals and actually, no, we will. We will talk about them. And, and, and mm. I mentioned that, look, once again, not digging out players, just talking about it. I thought Courtney House showed uh, a heaviness of foot for both goals. Yeah. Um, from the simple fact that I don't think that, that uh, Tyrone Mings doesn't at least get a diving, uh, I'm not even going to say a block on the first one. I think that he gets in a small bit closer to Visa um, and maybe, you know, just puts him off a small bit more. He kind of ha- he had the he had an acreage to play in there and brilliant finish. Like there's no like you give him that ball 20 times, he probably puts it in the, in the net once, you know, with a goalkeeper in there. Um, yeah. uh, I think Kanza, I think Kanza, when he saw him getting rolled, I think Kanza's first in, in, impression was, oh, I got to get back here because he's not going to be able to, he doesn't have the pace to get back and get at his man. That's why Kanza was so far back and couldn't close down as well. Yeah. I don't well, think Kanza, Kanza planted his feet. He planted his feet and made his decision. He was make he was making himself a wall as such. Yeah. Whereas, whereas the correct thing to do was to go and, and close him down as hard as he could and allow Courtney House to come inside if, if he did beat Kanza. So Kanza was totally at fault for that first goal, I felt, even though Do you the, know? Mistake, the mistake, I, mistake ultimately was made by, by Courtney House to get rolled like that. Well, it was a great it was, look, it was a great touch. But what I'm saying is that, uh, that I think Kanza had to get back into a position because, you know, House was completely taken out of the equation. And it was a split second stuff. So and then like obviously like it's very difficult to turn around and then come straight back out and, and come out and close it down. But um I suppose we're just kind of splitting hairs here on it, really. Mm-hmm. But like it was a great finish as well. But the second goal was the real galling one. Um I don't think Matt Target trusted uh where Courtney House was for the second goal. He was so far in. Matt Target was yeah. so far pulled in. It was criminal, yeah. to be honest with you. But I don't blame Matt Target for it. Because no. once that ball goes out over Matt Target's head, Matt Target goes. It does get a clip off him. It gets saved if I'm not if 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 uh, yeah. I, uh, I'm not mistaken. And Courtney House still hasn't even reacted to the ball after it's been saved. You know, so Tyrone Mings in that instance, say what you like about him, he's a fantastic athlete. Tyrone Mings is like a tree there. He's spreading himself some which way. He might be sliding into his own player or doing whatever or trying to kick the ball up into the air or something. But he's trying to get a body on it, and he does have some very very good reactions. And I just think we missed that, and we missed that, and I, I just think that 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 horse, the the, the Courtney House was um, was that bit that bit heavy legged, uh, and call, you know you called it rust, but I would probably call it maybe I I, like, yeah, rust is probably yeah. the right word for. But me. like it's, it's you can't you can't replicate a Premier League game no. on on the training pitch. There's there's no there's nobody running at your full tilt, uh, flying into tackles. You know it's it's. It, the, the whole thing is that Courtney House is not playing enough football, um, and and that's that's the issue. That's why I felt he was rusty. Even that touch, he was the, the one that I thought changed the game and and boosted them and their crowd. I don't think, I, I don't I don't I think if that didn't happen, they they, they kind of smelled there was something in the air that they could get at this fella, and sure enough, they scored then a few minutes later, mm. um, you know and. The same goes for McGinn. I thought McGinn was leggy and rusty, and I think that's probably the tone of the game. It was leggy and it was it was poor, and uh, you know I think I think it's time to move on and draw a line under it because uh, I I reckon there's going to be an awful lot of players on the training pitch this week regretting what they did at the weekend because it's going to be high intensity and high octane training mm. getting ready for next Monday. Let's move on from Brentford. Last couple of minutes for for this podcast. We've seen a couple of people move out. We've seen a couple of com- people come back in from loans. We've seen a couple of people talked about maybe moving to Aston Villa. Um, 
Let's talk first of all about we know one person has gone out at the moment, Keenan Davis. Keenan, well, two people, like Axel Two and Zabi and Keenan Davis. Axel Two and Zabi, not our still, decision. Still up touch. in the air as well. Uh, well, he's he is gone. He's he, gone, but he's gone. Still up in the air. It hasn't been confirmed or anything. You yeah, know? yeah. Well, um, there's enough. Yeah, there's enough people talking about it. I think that it's definitely going to happen. But Keenan Davis is now rocked up at Nottingham Forest. That was a loan that I think mm-hmm. was. Originally supposed to happen in August, September time, but due to his injury, it's been curtailed and it is now happening. I'm interested to see what he does at the championship level. I'm interested to see what happens there. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not too sure he comes back to the club in any meaningful fashion after this, but I think it is nice a nice loan move for him to try and um, to try and rebuild his confidence and maybe try and find his level, level mm-hmm. um, which is very good for him. Look, if he goes down there and he scores 10, 10 goals, um, this season, you know, in half a season, but maybe then Aston Villa think about maybe integrating him back into the team next year. But I don't think that that's going to be the situation. And look, I'm delighted for him to get a loan away and to get some time under his belt and and and, and see what he can do. He's, I think, I read is at 86 appearances he's made for Aston Villa. That's that's a lot of appearances for him. And, and just fair play yeah. to him, you know. Look, uh, I hope he does well at, at Nottingham Forest. But the loans that have come back, Paddy, it looks like we've. Looks like Stephen Gerrard has come in and gone, listen, lads, our loan strategy hasn't been great. And we're mm. going to call back a good share of people. Dominic Revan is back. Uh, Brad Young is back. Uh, Brian Reiki. Louis Reiki Barry. Is back. Louis Barry is back. Yeah, yeah. And so on. So and on, so technically, on. as far as we know, Wesley is back and, and heading out back. again to Brazil. So, yeah. yeah. Look, lo- loans are a strange thing. Um Going on loan is a strange thing to happen to a player. You're going, you're going somewhere where you haven't got the trust of the dressing room. There's a lot of negativity towards you when you come in. There's a lot of positivity too if you're an exceptionally good player coming from a Premier League club. But it can be very hard to settle knowing that there's, a, you know, the fishing rod could be out in January to bring it back in, or the club could be, you could be at the mercy of the club you went to to send you back after three months or whatever it may be. So. Loans can go wrong. We've seen them go wrong. We've seen Cameron Archer last year not exactly tearing up trees and then comes back in this year and scores a bag of goals. So it, you can't it's it's very hard to judge them too. Um, you know, we don't we don't know what, what the fitness levels of the likes of Louis Barry and and Brad Young are. We don't know what Steven Gerrard's thinking is. Is he bringing them back in to 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 keep them there for a couple of weeks before sending them back out? Which could could happen. So we'll we'll you know, he, he probably wants to see what these guys can do in training as well um, and see is, is you know, would they be open to offers to selling them or would they just, you know, as, as far as we know, there's already a deal being done for Louis Barry to go to, to Swindon Town um, where where Kane Kessler is, is, is having the time of his life at the moment. So um, hopefully Louis Barry can go and do the same thing if that comes about. But uh, I, I'm sure these guys are back in training this week and... The Stephen Jarrett is the type of character who's going to have a good look at them and see see exactly how good they are training with boys at that level. Yeah, you, you mentioned the piece there about loans can go wrong, and and at the start when when Louis Barry went to Ipswich, I went brilliant, really good situation for him to go to. But then they made like eleven more signings. I think there was, there was something like twelve or fourteen signings Ipswich made. Paul mm-hmm. Cook was after coming in there. Paul Cook is now no longer there. Uh, Kieran McKenna is there as the manager. There's been a lot of upheaval. It's a club that doesn't really know what it's doing from one end of the week to the next since they've been in the Premier League. They haven't exactly been the most stable force. 
But I thought Paul Cook would bring that to, to Ipswich. It didn't happen. And Louis Barry only had, you know, barely even, I don't know, it was something like he had barely even 300 minutes, I think, when he was when he was out in London. So delighted to see him back. Uh, Carlisle, I think, actually did a pretty sound thing. The Carlisle probably would have, they, they 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 played him quite a lot. They played Brad, Brad Young a lot. I think he played 18 times. He scored three goals um, for a young, young kid down there. But there was an acknowledgement from Keith Millen that, they were a club that were struggling. They don't exactly have all the finances in the world. They sent him back because they wanted to go with maybe somebody with a small bit more experience. He wasn't getting a fair rub of the green there either because they were keep it in more. They said we're in panic mode. We need mm. to. We need. We need more from our forwards, not just Brad Jung, but we had an option to send him back free of charge and then maybe freshen it up because who knows whether we're going to sell somebody or be able to bring somebody in or whatever the case is on, on a on an actual permanent transfer. So. I think they kind of were very, very upfront and honest. He was; They were very complimentary of Brad Jung and what he did in the training field and so on. And look, he scored three goals at that level as well, which is really good. Reiki didn't get a look in at all at Stockport, bar the, the FA Cup game. He was he started off, he was in the team a small bit, and then he was just completely thrown to the side. Delighted to see him back. He has a lot more to offer than that. That the FA Cup game that I saw him playing, he was brilliant. He was really, really good player in that. And, and mm. I thought he was, when he came on, I thought he was, was a real catalyst for them. So excited to see what happens for him. And yeah, I suppose they're really the big ones that we're, we're talking about. I can't, I mentioned a couple of people, but I can't, I can't remember who else is, is actually back at the moment. Dominic Revan um, is, is back, but we haven't heard too much about him as well. Uh, but it'd be interesting to see what, they, what he does do with those loans um, mm. and where they do go and if they do stay around and so on. Uh, because it is pretty pivotal for those guys now at the moment, I think, to get some game time. Um, and if they're not getting game time, we're out of the FAU Cup. I know they wouldn't be eligible, some of the majority of them wouldn't be eligible to play anyway because they're over age, but you know, um, that would have meant more time in the under 23 games and so on. So, we're out also the, 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 um, League Cup, you know, so opportunities for them to get games at, 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 uh, at senior level, uh, for Aston Villa aren't there either. So it would yeah. be important to see where those loans go to go, go to once more. Um, and just to finish up, Paddy, let's look uh, at, at some transfers that we've been linked to. I did do a Nicholas Tagliafico um, video. Uh, there will be an Aaron Hickey video coming out either tomorrow or the day after, along with an Aria Romeo video. Um, I don't know whether I want to do a video on the next person that we're going to talk about, so we're going to talk <laughs> about him at the moment because I just can't see it happening. But Philip Coutinho just won't go away in uh, in the way people are kind of linking him to us. It just smacks of a Man City, or not, it's just smacks of a Newcastle, uh, smacks of a Newcastle signing to me, and I can't get it into my head that he would be wearing Aston Villa colours um, come the end of the transfer window, Paddy. But 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 talk to me in Coutinho. I like he's obviously there's obviously still a massive player in there and a really good player in there. Of course. And well, what's the likelihood in your view? To me, to me, it's a risk worth taking. If if it, if it's only going to be a loan, I think it's a risk worth taking. Um, we know that he's capable of doing it at Premier League level. He he was Liverpool's arguably best player when he was there. You know, everything came through him. Uh, he would fit into our system, I'm sure. Um, is there room for him in Buendia? Maybe not. I don't know. Um, it's. To me, it, it sounds like something that could happen. Um, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I don't have any information to whether it'll, it'll happen or not, but I, I think it's something that could happen, and I wouldn't rule it out. My big thing here is that 
I just think that some team is going to go in and go, yeah, we'll buy him. And it's not going to be Aston Villa Football Club. And I think I think Barcelona, they're going like, like Laporte, like Barcelona, they've, they've just signed Ferran Torres. But Laporte is going, yeah, we're going to have Erling, Hang- Erling, Erling Haaland here in, in, in the summer. And you're going, lad, what bank are you robbing? You know? <laughs> You know what? What kind? Like uh, you, you must have just literally taken every cent that Barcelona has and invested in cryptocurrency or something. Because where are you going to pay off all the debts that you have? Now, obviously, Coutinho is on an absolute bag of money at Barcelona, and they need to get yeah. him off the books. But I just look. I, 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 I like. There's teams out there that will just turn around and say, "Yeah, listen, here's twenty million for Coutinho, and we pay." Yeah. Like, that's why I say Newcastle. Because, like, think of it this way. What will get people excited other than a Brazilian international for 20 million that's come from Barcelona? Like, it's just a statement signing for somebody who's come in and bought a club recently. It just really mm. is. But for me, look, would, would he fit? Like, you mentioned it there. People people give out about Dean Smith uh, buying a lot of wingers and then not using them because he played five at the back or played, played five across midfield, three, five, two. <laughs> Like, like I, I think Steven Gerrard is going to have to find a way to get the likes of Bailey in there because, like, when he comes back, and I know yep. people are going to go, but Bailey's never, never fit. Yeah, that's fine, obviously, 100%. But we're going to have to find out what we got in him for 30, 30 whatever million. Like, we mentioned about Bertrand Shore and the one game we've seen him not being able to play inside. I just don't think it's a pivotal area for us. I think if an opportunity comes up to sign somebody in there that is, like, we might take it. But I'd much prefer to push McGinn up there. I'd much prefer to push Douglas Louise up closer there and bring in a big block of a man. I'm blue in the face, I'm saying it. A block of a man to to to, to defend. Because I think that that's what it is. We're too shy. And we're too nervous in going forward at times because yeah. we don't have that defensive blanket there. Like Matty yeah. Cash wasn't great. Matty Cash wasn't great at the weekend either. That's something we need to talk about as well because he was he wasn't great going forward. He wasn't great tracking back. And I think he was he like they were worried about defense uh, once the first goal went in for for Brentford. And and you like you need to be in a situation whereby you know you need to be able to temper that worry with the attacking impetus because if Matty Cash doesn't go forward, we don't have anything on that right hand side. So yeah, I, I, look, if we can make it work, we can make it work. You're not going to say no to Philip Coutinho. But no. <laughs> just I think I, I think it's wrong. actually more likely that he comes to us than goes to Newcastle and and is in a, a relegation dogfight with them. That's that's just my opinion of the of the type of player he is. I think I think he'd be more uh, open to coming and playing with Steven Gerrard, who who he'd know very well. There is that too, yeah. Then 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 go to Newcastle, which is I think is going to be a shit show for a few years at this stage. The way the way things are going. Because they're going to buy individuals, they're going to they're going to try and appease the fans and buy individuals. And I can see why you're saying that should be a signing for them, because that's exactly what I think they're going to do is buy individuals, and it's going to, just going to mess up the whole karma of the team. But it's I, I I don't I don't know how likely it is that he that he comes to us, but it seems like something that Stephen Gerrard could do. Like if you remember last week, I was talking about qualifying for Europe. I know I'm completely deflated this week after what's happened, but it's still there. It's still there. It's you, go, you go on a run of three great three games and you're into European places very, very easily. And, you know, we could beat Man United, we could beat Everton, and all of a sudden things are looking a whole lot rosier for us. Um, so it's disappointing that we've lost to Brentford, but I'm not giving up on a European place at this stage. 
and I doubt very much that Steven Gerrard is either. But he's going to have he's going to have to make these changes in my view before we play Man United for the second time. I think he's got to I think he's got to do his business early and get get you know people in, get the changes made, get people on the training ground before we get to that game against Everton because I think that game is pivotal to push us on because we know we could get a decision against us at Man United. So we've just got it. We just got to go and and win the games we should be winning. Which is what he was doing up until Sunday. So if that means Coutinho, if that means Tagliafico, if that means Pau Torres, any of these, I think he'll, he'll get them done quicker than he quicker than we would expect. And the last thing I want to see is the thirty first of January and three or four players coming in and just being a mess because that's that's to me what what Newcastle are going to do. That shouldn't be what Aston Villa are doing. One of the positives I could see with somebody like Coutinho coming in, and as I say, I think that there's, that there's there's underlying issues with regards to why why stuff like our pass percentage is off. But our pass percentage is the seventh worst in the league. You know the amount of amount of completed passes that we have, seventh worst in the league. You know you're not, and that and that's a problem. That's a problem. It hinders your attacking. It also puts you in the back foot for, mm-hmm. for defense. Yes, we could say that a lot of those passes are players not being on the same on the same wavelength as each other. But if you can bring in a metronome and look, face it, Coutinho's best attribute is his passing. He's not going to do a tap in defense. Never has. Never will do. But his best attribute is passing. Still to this day, he's in the top ninety percentile of best passers in the top five leagues in Europe. Religious year in year out so while his goal while his mm. goal input is down massively since he left Liverpool he's still a very very good passer of the ball granted that is added two teams that do pass it with relative um relative ease in Barcelona and, and, and Bayern Munich but uh still he's still a very very good passer of the ball you still have to make a goal to the player that you're passing it to so I think maybe that's something Steven Gerrard might look at as well to improve our passing percentage with that player a more metronomic player and also I really hope to God he brings in just a brick shithouse to put it the uh, base of the diamond in midfield if there is uh, it, for want of a better word because it's it's sore it's sore at the moment that position that's going to do it for today, guys. I don't have anything else to go through. I think, Paddy, did we go through everything on the list? I think we did. I think so. I yeah, think I so. Think we did. Um, I'm sure. I'm so sure. I'm sure we'll get some news in the next couple of days. So we'll probably be back on before the weekend. With well, when we were doing the team tantrum, one of the guys in the comments said that there was a medical book for today. So we still have another twelve hours to find out what's going to go on there. Um, which <laughs> I don't think we're going to have a medical now, but um, you never know. Uh, you never know. Absolutely, you never know. Stranger things have happened. Uh, so maybe, maybe uh, it was Wesley's medical to go to Brazil. That, that actually, you know, now that you think of it, we were talking about people going out, and that was uh, that mm-hmm. was what it was in context with. So maybe it is. Um, anyway. We will be back with uh, Manchester United preview. I will, over the next couple of days, I'm not going to commit to any particular day that where I'm going to release some transfer stuff I'm doing. I'm hoping to do it tomorrow, maybe the day after. Um, I might just do two of them on Saturday, Saturday morning, drop them on Saturday morning just to make it, uh, just to give you guys something to, to to listen to over the weekend. But we'll be back with a preview for the United game on, what day is the United game, Paddy? Monday. Monday. And uh, we will see you then. Thanks so much, everybody, for listening, for watching. Please hit the like button. Please subscribe as well. If you know of anyone you think might like the podcast, let them know about it and let them make up their own mind once they've seen an episode. But until next time, lads, thanks so much for absolutely everything. And all that's left to say is up the villa. Up the villa. Podcast Network.
Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.